Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klozmer Podcast 108 for January 29th, 2014. The website is klozmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klozmerpodcast.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, SoundCloud, and last.fm at username klozmerpodcast. On this episode of the podcast, I'm very happy to have Ilana Kravitz from London Klezmer Quartet returning for her second visit. Their latest album is entitled Welcome to Butterfield Green N16, and we'll hear a little bit about the album as we go along and a track from it a little bit later on. Here's my interview with Ilana Kravitz. This was recorded on September 23rd, 2013. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast, once again in London, UK, uh, visiting with Ilana Kravitz from London Klezmer Quartet in the beautiful St. Pancras Rail Terminal. <laughs> Hello, Ilana. Welcome uh, once again to Klezmer Podcast. Nice to see you again, Keith. Oh, this is the first time you've seen me, so... <laughs> So to be to be fair, <laughs> so true. Here we are drinking coffee together. That's right, in person rather than uh, over the phone as we did uh, last time. But this time you've got a new uh, album out that I'm holding here. Welcome to Butterfield Green N16, or however you say it here. That's exactly how we say it, Keith. Butterfield Green, same in every language. The N16 part. All right. Um, so looks like a. Uh, some more new original works that you've done. I know I featured one of them on uh, my Spotify playlist. But tell me about this album and your new uh, bass player. Well, we recorded this late last year, and it's been released since April this year. So last time when we saw you, we'd just done our first album, I think. And uh, this was recorded with Indra Borachevska, who is our new bass player. We switched from cello. We needed that deep input and uh, we actually found her in Australia we recruited her by Skype which is kind of unusual way to do auditions I know but uh, that's the way it happens with technology today it's not just klezmer podcasting you know (laughs) (laughs) so Butterfield Green uh, is the title track and it's the name of a little place near where I live we've got a lot of original material on this new CD and since then we've discovered that Indra can sing Uh, In 2014, we're going to be going back to Australia and we hope to record another album because we cannot sit still. And uh, we're going to have a lot more song content there. And more originals. That's what we're looking for. The minute we get time to sit down and write something. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. But you've been staying true to the traditional side of the klezmer. Uh, Nothing electronic, uh, all acoustic. Um, so what's what's uh, inspiring your your new writing? I think we all bring in influences from other places. You can hear in things like the Gaia Ratchinitsa, uh, Susie's Balkan influences. Uh, our wonderful clarinet player also plays with a band called Shikoyer with many international musicians. And uh, she brings that side of things, those funny time signatures. Carol spends a lot of time in Thailand. And in her Santi Papora, you can see hear this Thai ornament. Um, but, you know, there's so much material to mine in the old repertoire. There's so many different ways of saying things. And it's an idiom that 
you know, isn't yet tired, I think. You can still write in that genre and people love it. So I'm not ready to move on yet. And you were just mentioning uh, some of the uh, archival material that uh, you found in Kiev. Um, why don't you discuss that a little bit and, and are, will you be able to uh, uh, use some of that? Uh, in your performances? Yeah, we're already using material from Berogovsky's uh, collection from the Vernadsky Library in Kiev. Uh, Joel Rubin's recorded a whole CD of that material. Um, he <clears throat> also put together a, a CD called Shalom Comrade, and we do a program based around that same idea of Yiddish music in the Soviet Union, which is using material from this ethnomusicologist, Moshe Berogovsky, that he collected. Um, and it's really fantastic amazing collection there's all these wax cylinders about a thousand wax cylinders of field recordings sitting in Kiev and uh, I believe that Yivo has an ongoing project to transfer some of those onto modern technology so hopefully they'll be available for us soon so what, what years were, were those recordings um, it ranges from 1910 through to about 19 the early 1940s wow so is, is there other <clears throat> works in that collection beyond the wax cylinders are there are there uh the 78s or or uh later types of recordings there as well um i haven't seen the recording the bit i know about is the wax cylinders and those early collections but it wouldn't surprise me if there were actual uh rec- you know the later technology if you like as well i have to run out <clears throat> pardon me i have to run out and buy myself a, a wax cylinder player so that uh we can listen to those well, if only, I think uh, <laughs> I think you have to make pressings, and Henry Saposnik would be your man who knows about all that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Henry Saposnik, for for those uh, not on the inner circle, is is a uh, uh, musicologist and a music historian who specializes in in the earliest available recordings of anything and um, reproducing them uh, so that it's available to all of us. And he he does a fantastic job with with those old recordings but certainly there's an equivalent of henry in the uk somewhere um i'm not sure there is you know keith it's uh, (laughs) we could do with somebody like here (laughs) like that here there is a wonderful man uh, who is a poet and a storyteller and he does have a very large collection of works and he's always uh expanding it terrific so um Uh, tell me a little bit more about the, your two trips to Australia and and, and uh, I guess the, you had the first one and then somebody liked you enough to, to invite you back. Did you do the same uh, itinerary on the second visit or did you see other, other parts of the country? Um, well, we were lucky enough to visit different places. Obviously, there's the biggest population in New South Wales and Victoria, in Melbourne and Sydney and the environs there. And there was a huge Jewish population in Melbourne, a Yiddish-speaking population after the Second World War. Australia was one of the places where Jews could go. Um, and so that population is now very elderly, but there are still people there. And their descendants often don't identify as Jewish in such a big way. But uh, a lot of them will turn out to hear Klezmer. So we met a lot of people, including a 98-year-old woman who said, oh, when the, I advise everybody, when you hear 
here Klezma Quartet are coming run quickly and buy ticket <laughs> um, so that was the first time when we did the National Folk Festival we did venues ranging from uh, the Melbourne Recital Centre very august place to uh, working men's clubs I mean it was really very diverse folk venues classical venues even people's houses the second time house concerts and we met wonderful people and we went to uh, Perth and the west coast the second time and this time uh, when we go we will be going to Tasmania and I'm very excited because we've discovered somebody who is uh, sort of a very old family friend his grandmother was my great grandmother's best friend his mother was my grandmother's very very good friend and uh, we've sort of found them in Hobart so we're going to be able to hook up with them now just a quick, quick aside how did how did you uh find them and how how did they become friends with your great grandmother i assume from around the uk here uh, well, my, my grandmother was and her family were immigrants from Germany. They came over in the early 30s. And uh, so a lot of people who were fleeing from Europe came through London and stayed with my family in that house. And I think they became friends during that time. And uh, it, it's something that lasted down the generations. Wow. Terrific. Okay. Um, and you've just been on BBC Radio as well. Uh, so tell me about that experience and, and whatever else uh, broadcast-wise you might have been doing. Uh, in Australia, we did a lot of broadcasting. We, we were on the radio several times and they uh, recorded one of our concerts and edited it and put it out uh, only last weekend, in fact. Um, so that was very nice and that's up on the web so our Australian friends, family and fans can hear us um, again if they want to. The BBC experience is wonderful because they have this beautiful studio and we were on a magazine program uh, on one of the national radio stations um, and we had a very sympathetic interviewer, Susie Klein is her name, and we went on and played some of our tunes and we got really positive response. You know, you can imagine that it's carried over the airwaves and it was a drive time program, so about 4.30 in the afternoon and people <laughs> said, somebody turned up to a concert the next day and said, I couldn't get out of my car, it was fantastic. <laughs> So, you know, we love that kind of reaction and we like that people like. Uh, because there's always, on a program like that, there's going to be people that have never heard this before and will, it'll pique their curiosity, I think. And I think that's, I imagine you had that experience in Australia as well. Because you got people that are very familiar and probably, you know, know the songs, uh, the, the repertoire as well as, as you do, probably even. And yet you're gaining new audience as well. That's absolutely right. There's a guy called Ernie Gruner, who is Mr. Klezmer Australia, and he's a fiddler. And he really goes about um, playing traditional style, and he teaches people tunes, and he teaches people style. And, you know, he's a really good friend, and we play with him when we're there, and we do Klezmer dances, the hop colours that we like to do, Klezmer barn dance. Uh, type thing or bush dance as they call it over there <laughs> and uh, it's that's good fun but I think you've hit the nail on the head there Keith because one of the things we do a lot of here is um, a program called music in hospitals uh, which isn't just hospitals it's care homes and it's uh, places for children uh, where they go for respite and for their um, that sort of thing and all those places they say wow we never heard anything like this before but it's it's so vital it's great you know we can really instantly relate to it and you know we have them singing along and we have them clapping and we have they they start dancing people and also because some of the repertoire um you know the yiddish songs of the 
30s, 40s, 50s by Mir Vista Shane, um, the good old days, uh, those were the days, my friend. And because with older people, their memory is often the last thing of the tunes to go, you can see them starting to respond. And we've had, you know, nurses in amazement saying, well, they haven't moved for three weeks. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're starting to, you know, hum along. It's quite miraculous. I've experienced that too. We're, we're, our, our band at home, uh, we're very big on the rest home circuit so uh and we get the same sorts of reactions it, it, it's quite wonderful it's really rewarding and it's just it shows the value of music when in these difficult economic times people are talking about cutting culture and how you don't need this kind of thing actually it's one of the most important things there's life beyond top 40 <laughs> pop pop uh, pop tunes um so what else is coming up for london klezmer quartet or you uh, individually? Uh, well, we're looking for collaborations now. We're, we have uh, potentially some exciting collaborations with American artists, which I can't really say more about at the moment. Hush, hush. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't like to preempt anything, uh, but we're hopeful about that. And, of course, you know, the situation about European musicians getting visas to come to America to work is quite difficult, so we may end up playing with American musicians but somewhere else in Europe but they're not uh, typical Klezmer musicians so if it works out that I can't say anymore at the moment a few names would come to mind but I, I won't speculate I'd rather you didn't <laughs> especially things I've told you already but anyway <laughs> uh, we, we're developing the uh, Sholem Aleichem Comrade program to include some more material and we are working with the uh, Jewish Socialist Group uh, two members of that here to tell the story of Jews in the Soviet Union pre and post revolution through sort of poetry, prose, music, song. Uh, it's a quite short program but it's quite intense as you can imagine and we're going to be touring that we hope. We are going back to Australia as you mentioned and we're just looking forward to expanding our horizons in 2014 trying to get ourselves out there a little bit more around Europe and the world hopefully. Good, well good luck with the collaborations and, and uh, with the composing and uh, so much more to look forward to uh, another album next year as you said so uh, as we say keep me in the loop <laughs> and uh, looking forward to all good things from London Klesmer Quartet so uh, refresh everybody uh, how they can locate you find your music to purchase uh, buy the tracks find the CD videos whatnot. Well, you can look at our website, www.londonklesmerquartet.com. You can even Google London and Klesmer. You'll either get Frank London or you'll get us. <laughs> either way, you'll be happy. Perfect. Uh, and then if you get him to guest on your next album, then, then it'll be London Klesmer Quartet featuring London. London, London, Klesmer. <laughs> uh the puns could be endless there. All right. <laughs> A lot of Kravitz, London Klesmer Quartet, minus Frank London. Thank you so much for uh, venturing out on actually a lovely afternoon here in London. And uh, appreciate your time. Looking forward to uh, hearing the new album. Thanks, Keith. And I look forward to seeing you next time you're touching down over here.
Oi, bom dia. Eu sou Nicole Borger, de São Paulo, Brasil, e uh, estou sendo entrevistada no podcast do Kiss. Uh, por favor, assistam a, ouçam a entrevista e escutem a minha música. My name is Nicole Borger. I'm being interviewed by Keith to the uh, uh, Klezmer podcast. And uh, I'll be happy if you listen to my music. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Ilana Kravitz of London Klezmer Quartet. And we heard the track Butterfield Green Colomeca from their album Welcome to Butterfield Green N16. I'd like to thank Ilana for once again appearing on the podcast and for providing the track for us to listen to. Once again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear or be interviewed for Klezmer Podcast, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. As a reminder, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. In addition, I invite you to subscribe to my monthly Klezmer Podcast playlist on Spotify, where I get to show you a lot more music than I have time for on the podcast. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 108. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed. Tell your friends. And until next time, bye for now. <laughs>